What do conservatives say about <coughs> Somalia or the Bush followers, and what do Clinton folks say about that? Well, Clinton folks haven't had much to say about it at all since it happened. In fact, I've had a uh, difficult time getting access to members of that administration to talk about the whole episode. Conservatives were um, opposed to the intervention to begin with. Uh, it grew out of a, uh, a fascination with uh, sort of new world ordering that was uh, prominent after the success in the Gulf War. I think Madeleine Albright, who was then UN ambassador for, for the United States uh, and, and a new member of, of a new ad administration, uh, was fairly influential in, in, in getting the United States to back this unprecedented effort by the UN to sort of create a Jeffersonian democracy in Somalia where certainly nothing like that had ever existed. That was Mark Bowden, November 28, 1997, four years after the Battle of Mogadishu in Somalia. Mark Bowden was on C-SPAN's call-in program, Washington Journal, to discuss the series he just wrote for the Philadelphia Inquirer. The name of the series, Black Hawk Down. You might recognize that title from the book and the movie that came next. The Battle of Mogadishu happened 30 years ago, October 3rd and October 4th, 1993. In this episode of C-SPAN's Podcast The Weekly, we mark that 30th anniversary. What is now commonly called Black Hawk Down was a deadly two days for American military and foreign policy. It sparked strong real-time disagreements and anger in Congress. And it's still cited among policymakers today. We'll actually start a few months after the Battle of Mogadishu, December 15, 1993, in the Oval Office. I have been working continually for over 20 years for, to help build a strong American military. It's time for me to take a break and to undertake a new kind of work. So I've asked the president to relieve me of this duty as Secretary of Defense as of January 20th. That was Defense Secretary Les Aspen alongside President Bill Clinton announcing his resignation. Two months earlier, the Battle of Mogadishu 18 American soldiers killed, 73 wounded, and one captured in a street battle with the forces of Somali warlord Muhammad Idid. Here's how reaction and debate in Washington unfolded over the next few days. On October 5, 1993, Senator Trent Lott, a Republican from Mississippi, addressed his colleagues. Like I'm sure most members of this Senate, I've been receiving calls, lots of calls from back home and saying, what are we doing? I had talked this morning to the mother of two young Marines and she's saying, you know, my young sons are not over there yet, but they may have to go. Why? What is our goal? What is our responsibility there? Mr. President, American military forces are ill-suited for meeting this mission. Our forces are designed, equipped, and trained, and maintained to fight and to win in combat. If you give our forces a military objective, they will meet that objective. But they are not trained to pacify unruly mobs. Americans have no desire to see their men and women degraded, killed, and defiled by lawless infidels who drag the bodies of Americans through the streets to be kicked and spat upon. American people will not stand for this. We have met our mission. The time has come to leave Somalia. The next day, October 6, 1993, President Clinton made this statement. Our men and women in Somalia, including any held captive, deserve our full support. They went there to do something almost unique in human history. 
We are anxious to conclude our role there honorably, but we do not want to see a reversion to the absolute chaos and the terrible misery which existed before. Also on October 6, 1993, Congressional Republicans sent a letter to President Clinton. House Minority Leader Bob Michael read the letter to reporters. Dear Mr. President, we're gravely concerned by the worsening crisis in Somalia that ever more deeply involves the United States. Although administration consultation with us has been minimal, we must provide you with our views. The escalating loss of American lives in an ill-defined cause must end. Americans deserve an explanation for what is becoming a national tragedy. In response to a truly horrendous human rights tragedy, President Bush sent U.S. armed forces to Somalia to allow food to reach the starving. In so doing, he made a commitment to withdraw our forces when that mission was completed and return the operation to the United Nations. As has been acknowledged by your administration, the Bush mission was accomplished, but our servicemen and women have not come home. Instead, large numbers of U.S. armed forces have been turned over to the U.N., and the mission has been changed to include the substantial task of nation-building in a hostile environment. Bob Michael added this in the October 6th Republican letter to President Clinton. In addition to the 11 servicemen previously killed in combat, in the last several days at least 12 American servicemen have lost their lives and over 70 additional American casualties have been sustained. Reportedly, eight U.S. servicemen are missing in action or have been captured by Somalia warlord Mohammed Farah Adid. But in a congressional briefing yesterday, your administration proved convincingly that it had neither a defined goal nor a plan in Somalia. The next day, October 7th, 1993, President Clinton addressed the nation from the Oval Office. This past weekend, we all reacted with anger and horror as an armed Somali gang desecrated the bodies of our American soldiers and displayed a captured American pilot. All of them soldiers who were taking part in an international effort to end the starvation of the Somali people themselves. These tragic events raise hard questions about our effort in Somalia. Why are we still there? What are we trying to accomplish? How did a humanitarian mission turn violent? And when will our people come home? These questions deserve straight answers. Let's start by remembering why our troops went into Somalia in the first place. We went because only the United States could help stop one of the great human tragedies of this time. A third of a million people had died of starvation and disease. Twice that many more were at risk of dying. Meanwhile, tons of relief supplies piled up in the capital of Mogadishu because a small number of Somalis stopped food from reaching their own countrymen. President Clinton talked specifically about the soldiers on the Black Hawk helicopters. When our troops in Somalia came under fire this last weekend, we witnessed a dramatic example of the heroic ethic of our American military. When the first Black Hawk helicopter was down this weekend, the other American troops didn't retreat, although they could have. Some 90 of them formed a perimeter around the helicopter, and they held that ground under intensely heavy fire. They stayed with their comrades. That's the kind of soldiers they are. That's the kind of people we are. The next big moment occurred a week later, the release of Michael Durant, an American serviceman captured by General Adid's forces. Michael Durant was the pilot on one of the Black Hawk helicopters that crashed during the Battle of Mogadishu on October 3, 1993. He was held captive for 11 days. On October 14th, following Michael Durant's release, President Clinton talked with reporters. 
our young soldiers at significant risk to themselves went out of their way to capture people without killing them. As a consequence, however, because of the circumstances, as we all know, several of them lost their lives and hundreds of Somalis who were fighting them either by with weapons or by getting in their way lost their lives. Later that day, Arizona Republican Senator John McCain had this reaction on the Senate floor. As we all know, and gratefully so, that the American fighting man who was being held prisoner, Warrant Officer Durant, was released this morning. It's my understanding that most, if not all, of our missing in action have been accounted for. It's present to me, and I believe to the majority of the American people, that removes the last impediment for the total rapid, prompt, and safe withdrawal from America, of American troops from Somalia. Mr. President, there is no reason for the United States of America to remain in Somalia. The American people want them home. I believe the majority of Congress wants them home. By the end of March 1994, most American troops were out of Somalia, ending operations Continue Hope and Restore Hope. The United Nations withdrew from Somalia a year later, March 1995. So now we return to where we started, Les Aspen resigning as Secretary of Defense on December 15, 1993. Here is President Clinton's reaction. It is with real sadness that today I accept Secretary Aspen's request to be relieved of his duties as Secretary of Defense for personal reasons. I'm very grateful that he's agreed to remain at his post until January 20th and beyond if necessary so that we can plan together for the coming year and effect a smooth transition at the Pentagon. Les has been a close advisor and a friend of mine for a long time. I have valued his wise counsel as a key member of our national security team. And I have told him that after he takes the break, break he's requested, I very much hope he will consider other assignments for this administration. And an update to this 30-year-old story. Today, U.S. troops are back in Somalia in May 2022, President Biden reversed President Trump's decision to withdraw American forces. Now the U.S. has an estimated 450 military personnel in Somalia, prompted by al-Shabaab, the Somali terrorist group affiliated with al-Qaeda. Just like 30 years ago, this mission sparked policy disagreement. Here's Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates, April 27, 2023. When the reality is whether or not our children are speaking Mandarin, our grandchildren are having to get dominated by the Chinese Communist Party is not going to be the result of who wins the Battle of Mogadishu. It's going to be the result of who holds the high ground against our true pacing adversaries. And becoming the neighborhood block captain of Somalia is certainly not the behavior of a serious country engaged in very serious challenges against serious adversaries. Finally, you may know the history of this 30-year-old episode by reading the book or watching the movie Black Hawk Down. So we'll give the final words to the reporter we open with, Mark Bowden, appearing on C-SPAN's Washington Journal again, April 11, 2002. Our conversation is with Mark Bowden, who has been writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer for more than two decades. He's also the author of a number of books, including Black Hawk Down, which became a best, uh, not best-selling, but a popular movie. Does the movie depict the book accurately? 
Oh yeah, the, I was just so proud to be involved in that film. Uh, Ridley Scott was the director, and I think he made an, an amazing um, a film, a really a, a, a lasting uh, film that people will watch for a long time. And as it happens, it hap it's also extraordinarily faithful to, uh, to the book. For those who have not read the book or seen the movie, give a brief description as to what you were writing about. Well, Black Hawk Down tells the story of the Battle of Mogadishu, which happened on October 3rd and 4th of 1993, when uh, a small group of elite American soldiers conducted what they call a snatch-and-grab mission in the heart of Mogadishu, uh, which is the capital of Somalia. Um, they went in hoping to arrest these two Somali warlords and, uh, and pull them out, and instead got stuck in the city, surrounded by thousands of armed Somalis, uh, 99 men basically trapped and, and surrounded, uh, f and fought for about 15 to 18 hours to survive. Uh, so the Black Hawk Down is the story of uh, those men and that battle, and the movie is uh, pretty much the same. And now, our bonus clip. And it's an historical footnote to that first week in October, 30 years ago. You heard earlier strong words from House Minority Leader Bob Michael about President Clinton's policy in Somalia. That was from October 6, 1993. He met with reporters to read the Republican letter. Two days earlier, on October 4, 1993, as the Battle of Mogadishu was happening, Bob Michael also met with reporters. But it was a different topic. Longtime Republican leader Bob Michael was announcing his retirement from Congress. Later in Peoria, you complained about a tendency among people to go around trashing the Congress. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you know, somebody who says we've had corrupt one-party rule for four decades is trashing the Congress? Well, that uh, uh, that's that's pretty much of a of a well. <laughs> That's, a, that's an opinion of some, and there's been no question that, you know, it's been one-party rule around here all during my tenure, and that's very tough to live with, and to, uh, uh, but uh, I've had to do it. I haven't enjoyed it on occasion, and uh, wish it would be otherwise, but uh, I think I had much more reference to those who've made a, you know, uh, who've uh, really, I guess, based their campaigns on getting here in the first place primarily on uh, on, uh, on in a sense trashing the Congress. Now admittedly you I guess when I came down here uh, some 37 years ago my charge was out of the Junior Chamber of Commerce. Bob, go down to Washington, cut the cost of government, uh, uh, be an, an exponent of private free enterprise and um, you know that was about my charge. There wasn't any uh, thing about uh, revolutionizing this and changing this or that to, to that degree other than on pretty much just plain old philosophical grounds but uh, it's changed that's it for this episode of c-spans the weekly a reminder you could do your own searches in the c-span video library just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top you can learn more about u.s troops in somalia 30 years ago you can learn more about u.s troops in somalia today Plus, watch several programs featuring the author of Black Hawk Down, Mark Bowden. Thanks for listening, and happy searching.